Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sap and Chats. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson. Joined with me, as always, my man, Nike shirt and all, Mr. Chance Michaels. Chance, how are you, buddy? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Can't complain, man. We had a pretty nice weekend, pretty hectic, pretty busy. But other than that, everything is beautiful, man. I can't complain. Here we are, Tuesday, Monday Night Raw in the books, man. Did you catch it? I did, yeah. I watched it. And what'd you think? It was good. It wasn't bad. Yeah? It was it wasn't amazing, but it was good. Some good yeah. segments, good matches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you know that Vinnie Mac was backstage? I did. I like it. The boss is back. He didn't. Yeah. He wasn't in the position, but he tweaked a few things. It was nothing major. Yeah, yeah. And apparently morale is great. Everyone's so gay. Um, well, they know. got no choice. They don't like it. They could hit the road. Well, <laughs> Lose their money, right? Yeah. No, I don't even know if it's so much that. I just think just, you know, I just think he's he's found a better way. I just from what I've read and what I've seen. No, I just think seems... it's that they know he's back. It's inevitable. There's nothing they can do about it. They want to keep complaining. They will they'll go away. Before it was kind of like they didn't know if he's gonna sell and go away, so they're a little more boisterous. But now it's like and they can. The funny thing is they can work with him before this these allegations. But since allegations, they they can't stand the guy. But yet they cheer on Mike Tyson and listen to all this bad music. So it's hypocrisy at its finest. A lot of these people, not all of them, but some of them. Well, I, I, I think that just transcends society in general overall. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we all want to cheer the bad guy. Um, now, my um, question is, did yeah. anybody get a picture of him? Is that mustache still there? Did he get rid of it? No, he's, no pictures, nothing. It just I haven't seen anything backstage. I just hope he shaved that stash off. That's what I was most interested in, man. No, I, I think I, I think he needs to keep it now for the summer. He could have been sick, man. Thanks for bringing that up. Today, 41 years ago, he bought WWE from his dad, Gorilla Monsoon, and I can't remember the other guy's name. So, 41 year anniversary of Vince taking over today. So, nice, very, very nice. Very Greatest nice. promoter of all time, Vince McMahon. Not Are even you? close. Nope. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So, Monday night, Raw, here we are. We're getting, we're gearing up to money in the bank, man. London, UK. Yeah. Think about it, man. Since WrestleMania, every pay per view has been overseas. No, I like it. It's good to build the brand, right? Right. So we got this happening in London in the UK uh, at the end of this month. Uh, so we're starting the qualifying matches and what have you. But let's let's talk about Raw a little bit here. Yeah. Let's get into it. So Monday Night Raw starts off with the new world heavyweight champion, Seth Rollins. He comes out. Um, I thought the segment was really cool. I liked it. I love how the crowd gets behind him. Um it's kind of similar to how the crowd sings Jericho's theme music when he comes out, but there's, yeah. got to, there's something to be said about, you know, 20,000 people being, you know, stuck in unison opposed to 5,000 people in unison. I, I don't know. It just. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Right. So I like it. He comes out and I guess they're setting up the main event. He's defending his title against one Damian Priest. Uh, when I heard about that, I was excited and curious to hear your thoughts on the match. Uh, what a clunker! What a what a what a un. <laughs> I don't get why they're throwing Priest and why does Priest get a title shot? What did he do to earn the shot? Well, I again, we'll, we'll get to it, but we'll, we'll break it down. But yeah, so they set up the match, and uh, you know, the, there was one stipulation that um, Seth came out with is, "Hey, why don't you come out by yourself without all your friends?" And Damien yeah. agrees. Damien agrees to the stipulation, so we should get a one-on-one -on -one tilt later on tonight between Seth Rollins and Damian Priest. But before that, man, we have our first Money in the Bank qualifier match of the night, which is Becky Lynch against Sonia Deville. Uh, Becky wins this match, hands down, no problem. Yeah. Good match, actually. Good back and forth. Yeah, it was solid. Um, Trish, Trish and her protege come out. And they are standing. I can't remember her name, bro. Um, 
the two girls come out, they stand on the stage and they're kind of, you know, interacting from there. I kind of liked it. It had an old school feel to it where the bad guy is watching from the stage opposed to coming down to the ring. I kind yeah. of, I, I like that. It kind of brought it back to 1999, 98, a little bit there felt like, right? So that was good. So, Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark. There you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So Zoe's with her. They're kind of analyzing the match, talking back and forth, probably talking about what they're going to have for dinner, but making it look interesting nonetheless. Uh, Becky wins this match. Interference gone wrong by Chelsea Green. One, two, three. Bob's your uncle. So we have now Selena Vega and Becky Lynch so far qualified for this match. Uh, after the match, we get right into Gunther and Kevin Owens. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn say they, you know, they won't told, you know, they, they, they do a little segment about the bloodline saying how they told, you know, they won't say how we told you so. But you can clearly see that they've kind of moved on now. They kind of got their program going yeah, with Imperium. And uh, Kevin Owens in his kind of new kind of gimmick he's kind of trying out. I kind of like it. I think it's funny. The loose cannon kind of guy. Um, him and Gunther go at it. And that match is up next, man. And what a good match. I'd have to say this could have potentially be the match of the night, in my opinion. It was good. Uh, this Gunther guy is amazing. I love him. Uh, there was a stage I remember when he was going under the name William in UK and the NXT UK. And he was about like a hundred and at least 100 pounds heavier, man. Oh, yeah, he was out of shape. Yeah, he was really out of shape. This guy's really made a comeback, and he looks good. He looks naturally good. You know what I mean? Like yeah, his, he's not steroided out or anything. He looks well, kind his, his physique is attainable by anybody who wants to work hard. Yeah. You know, and that that's what I like about Gunther. I like his physique because he's a big guy. But, man, in the, that work he's put in and everything, good for him. i tell you what I like about Gunther. That fucking drop kick he does, man. I love Great. it. Yeah, he's right? super athletic for a big guy, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, you bring that up. Look at the hard work Gunther puts in. And then you look at a guy like Kevin Owens. It looks, looks like a slob. There's one way to describe Kevin Owens. He's a slob. He, I'm not saying he's not a good worker, but he looks like a slob. And you can yeah. tell he does put a lot of work into his craft. I'm not saying it to be a muscle guy like Hogan, but come on, Kevin. Come on. 101, ep- 111 episodes in, and Chance Michaels, you still have the same opinion. I'll never Kevin like Owens. the guy. No, I just I just can't understand. Like, he's a, he's can. Here's some good, he's on the mic, he's pretty good in the ring, but to look at a guy like that, it's hard for me to take him serious, personally. Fair enough, man. And, 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 I know he's from Canada, but still. Yeah, no, fair play. Fair play. Skit, right? fair play. Good but match, you know though. what? Cracker of a match. Go, both yeah. guys went hard, you know, back and forth. Imperium interferes. Usual happens. Gunther gets the win. Uh, surprise win. That keeps Gunther strong. It doesn't hurt Kevin. It doesn't hurt the tag team scene at all in no. any way. you got to keep Gunther strong based on the kind of character that you're trying to build for him. And Absolutely. Um, I mean, like, you know, Gunther's in that conversation right now to face Brock at one point or to face Roman at one point. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're, they're building him. They're building him, man. All right, let's move on. What else do we have here from this night? So, um... Riddle's being interviewed backstage. Imperium comes and, and you know interrupts him. He beats both those guys up. So I don't know how that looks, man. In my opinion, if you, if those guys are supposed to be going for the tag team titles next, it doesn't look good to see them getting beaten up by one guy. You know, nothing yeah, against I Matt. That's what I was thinking when I seen that. Yeah. I don't get what was happening. Nothing against Matt Riddle. I get it, but at the same time, it just doesn't kind of make sense to me uh, to kind of you know put them down like that. But then again, Owens just lost. The segment before, 
So they're trying to balance it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just trying, so, just uh, trying to find something here. Katana Chance, Caden Carter, fresh from NXT. If you haven't watched these two, they're really fun tag team. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things that I really enjoy is looking at um, Katana Chance. That cracks me up because she is so little. Like, literally, her eyes just meet the top turnbuckle. Oh, dude, what is she? Is she even five foot? She's 5'11", 5'11". She is so athletic. She comes from the world of those um, core, core fitness uh, relays and stuff like that, those shows. She's like the Rey Mysterio of women, pretty much. Dude, this girl is sick. She can move. She can fly. Yeah. She's athletic. She's acrobatic. And her partner, uh, Katana, she's just amazing as well, both of them. I mean, and, and to be fair, this is a legit tag team, man. They were a tag team in NXT. They were a tag team up here. They have matching gear, legit chemistry. So, you know, it's nice to see a, a legit tag team finally show up on Raw. Uh, it's nice. I like it. I like it. And and they have chemistry. They work really, really well together. They gave Shayna Baszler and uh, Ronda Rousey a run for their money. Um, they did. They, they, they both, all four ladies put on a great show. Uh, a couple of scary moments there for the champs, but eventually they pulled it out. Um, Ronda gets the pay or submission game over. Let's move on. Uh, where are we here? Let's move on here. Uh, Bronson Reed isn't happy that Ricochet is in the money in the bank. He interrupts an interview segment that he's having with them saying, Hey, listen, you know, uh, you know, I don't see why you're in the money in the bank, blah, blah, blah. And then Ricochet, quick to point out, yeah, but you have the chance too, but you lost to Shinsuke. And, yep. uh, you know, he says basically, look, nine times out of 10, I would win. He got that one time, right? So I like the Bronson Reed character. I like the development. Yeah, you can lose to a Shinsuke Nakamura, but you're not going to lose any steam. Uh, that sets up the match for later that's coming up here, which would be Shinsuke against... Ricochet, face versus face. How do you like those kinds of matches? Are you a fan? I don't mind it, dude. I don't think the fans are as, as in tune to it as we used to be. I yeah. think it's that. I mean, it was a good match. They're both athletic. I don't mind doing that once in a while. It doesn't bother me. Some of the old school guys might not like it, but to me, good match is a good match. What do you think yeah. about it? No, I thought it was a great match. You had two guys who work really, yeah. really well together, that move really well together, that are acrobatic, that can move, that can land oh, on yeah, their they're feet. Super talented. And they can sell like champions too, right? So, I mean, they work well together. They put on a great match yeah. uh, to keep both guys strong. So not one guy looks weak. Bronson comes out, interferes in the match. I, I don't think we've seen the last of Bronson Reed. I almost feel that that six-man money in the bank might turn into a seven-man somehow. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on something there. It's very possible. But, you know, that's the way I'm kind of looking at it. Um, yeah, Maxine Dupree now uh, with the Alpha Academy. She's she's kind of joined the ranks. I guess they're both still kind of competing for Otis. The comedy <laughs> tag team of the crew, I guess, you know. You got to have the comedy. You right? have I, I love that. I'm going to ask my main man, Otis, what he thinks the plan should be. And he said something stupidly stupid. I, I can't even remember what he said, but... Uh, yeah, you gotta have the comedy relief, right? That's what makes a good wrestling show. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to look it up here to see if I can find out what it is. But basically, they come back and say that Otis says that Maxine needs to learn how to wrestle, and Chad can teach her. Maxine goes to get an outfit, and I think that's the last we kind of saw of them for the night. Uh, it's time for Miss TV. Guess who's guest is? Uh, Cody Rhodes. And yeah. Beth? No, no, Cody. Cody was his guest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cody, Cody comes on and you know they're Cody and, uh, Dominic. 
Yeah, yeah, and then he brings out Dominic after, and uh, you know, what a what a what a Cody's best line that he's gave out lately too. Yeah, it was great. Uh, what did he say about Dominic being a mistake? And the, yeah, you know, yeah, I was going to talk about that. Was that was yeah. great? So, so to to kind of put that into context a little bit. So Dominic comes out during the interview segment with with the Miz and uh, Cody, and he basically says that you're just like my dad. You're, don't you have a daughter at home? Shouldn't you be with your daughter? You know, you're a bad parent, you know, a deadbeat dad, just like mm-hmm. my dad, blah, blah, blah. Cody gets up and says, you know, your dad has made a lot of mistakes, you being one of them. Yeah, he's like, I know about your dad. Just, yeah, that was good. So good to me, I, I think they're giving Dominic too much of a push and they're putting them two up there myself. But, I mean, what can I do? I'm not in charge. But, yeah, it was a great segment. Well I, done, Mike. I, I will argue. Cody's getting better on the mic. No, no, for sure. But I'll argue this with you only for the fact that response that Dominic gets from the crowd is what you want, though. And I'm thinking, you know, in my opinion, that's probably one of the biggest reasons why he's still out there. The yeah. guy can't get a word in edgewise as soon as he picks up the mic. And you see them setting it up. You see Rhea saying last night, everyone shut up. My Dom Dom wants to say something. That's you another know? thing that I don't like about the, the Rhea and Dom thing. I don't like how Rhea's acting so tough. To some of the guys and doing all this hit me and like being like you know, I, I just think that's a little over the top a little unrealistic but they can tone that down a little bit perhaps it can but i can see what they're doing with it i mean it's kind of making dom look like that you know part of my language but yeah the kind of, wimpy unathletic yeah 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 yeah, yeah right yeah, that's like, exactly I mean, what he is eventually when the turn happens it's gonna hit hard right i mean that's the yeah. thing they're building it up in such a way like he the, that crash is gonna be amazing when it happens watch i guarantee it Right, it's going to come out of left field. No one's going to expect it. And you know, speaking of that, let's talk about the main event because I have a feeling, based on what we just said, there are cracks in the Judgment Day. We're starting to see it. It's yeah, they're going to fall apart soon. They're going to fall apart soon. And this match, why did Damian Priest fight Seth Rollins for the title? What has he done to deserve it? Here's another example, my friend, I believe, of them using a match to set up a storyline. Yeah, I get it, but it's right. like Damian Priest is not ready for this. He, he no. can barely hurt at all. Look, look, look. Yeah. I went I went into this match thinking about what we talked about with Bad Bunny, right? And we talked yeah. about how clunky he looked, how discombobulated, or he didn't, he wasn't very fluid. He wasn't very smooth. Yeah, no, not right? at all. Like, he was good, but he, not at the level that he should be if you're in the WWE. Okay? Yeah. That style, that, that style is great. great for NWA. That style could work for Impact even. You could get away yeah, with that there. for All-Star Wrestling. That's how bad he was. Well, I, won't, I won't say he's All-Star bad. Don't get me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not, I won't go that far. No. Yeah, I'm joking. I, I, I think yeah, that's I an extreme. But here, I think he does need some work. And I think that he could benefit maybe being a part of, uh, you know, apart from the judgment day and to work on himself now i mean if you think about it he's been with the judgment day for almost two years now right if you think about yeah. it since the previous wrestlemania and he hasn't really had to do much everything is predominantly being tag matches or interference pieces he hasn't really had like i i can con- honestly say this is probably fourth or fifth singles match he's had in two years well so he, he can't say they're not giving him a push because they're letting him fight no for the title. no Remember, no right? no and and again, I think again, they're yeah, they're giving him a push, but they're also, I think, using this match as a way to develop a storyline here. And yeah, I no, say that but because, just like when when you see a title match, you're throwing in an average an average worker at best against your yeah. best guy. 
and they have no chemistry. You just kind of threw it together out of the blue. It's like, no, no, I get it. I get it. But I, I mean, I, I think that's what they're trying to do with the heavyweight title as well. Chance. I think what they're doing is they're calling it the workhorse title. They're going to treat it like John Cena's open invitation sort of a deal. So from, yeah. from, from week to week, you, you'll be like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is that guy getting a title shot sort of a deal? But that's what they're trying to sell the title as right now, right? So yeah. I'm, sure, I, I'm sure when the meaningful contender arrives, you'll get the proper match that you want, right? But yeah. until then, I think they're just trying to build it. They're trying to put some steam behind it, trying to you know, make it a little bit hot. And you know, let's just see what they do with it, right? Let's let's just week by week, brother man. Week by yep. week. See what happens. Um, bro. so here's why I think we're developing a storyline in this match. Um, I, I won't lie, I I was kind of doing things while I was watching it because I just wasn't invested in it, to be honest, myself. I thought the match was okay. I think Seth carried most of it. Um, but for the most part, decent match for the most part. Um, here's what that happened. was decent. Here's what happened. So Things start to get hot for Damien and Finn comes out to interfere. He gets punched in the throat or something like that. He's taken out. Damien's looking at him like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, why are you here sort of deal? So that is that comment, that interaction, that moment is what kind of led me to think that, you know, potentially we're starting to see some sort of crack here. And I could be wrong, but I who knows? Too, yeah. it's gonna, I think by SummerSlam, they'll have, you know, they might be wrestling each other, I guess. Possibly, but we'll see, right? I mean, right now you think about it, they're kind of segmented as it is. You got Dom and Rhea on one side doing their thing, and you got these two kind of working on their thing, right? So, um, Finn, Finn, I, I hope they break it up because I never, I, I always thought the Judgment Day was corny and cheesy, a little bit over the top, an unrealistic kind of fake myself. So, I wouldn't mind them splitting up going their own ways. We'll see what happens. I guess I think you're on to something, though. Yeah, I, I think potentially, you know, I think Damian Priest is going to become a face here shortly. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I think this is the way it's going to go down. Priest is going to become face. Montez Ford is going to become a heel. Bianca Belair is going to become heel at some point this year. Um, yeah. yeah. You never know in wrestling, right? I think that's, that, that's where I think is where we're going here. So, bloodline story. Your thoughts on what you saw Friday? Are you happy with it? Yeah, I, I thought I thought SmackDown was good. I enjoyed it. What do you think about it? Yeah, SmackDown was great. They had their highest ratings in a long time. The eighteen to forty nine demographic was present for this episode of SmackDown. Um, it also helped. There was no basketball finals or hockey finals on that day too. So, well, that perfect. would help, right? SmackDown drew two point five six million viewers with a. 0.73 rating in the 18 to 9 18 to 49 demo which is up from the previous week of 2.16 million and 0.52 viewers 0.25 rating for that demographic of viewers that was um good. so basically last night on raw haven cut a little promo saying that jay will decide on what side he's going to be on enter rikishi <laughs> No, I think so. I think what you're going to yeah, get here okay. is Rikishi and his twins against his other boy, his nephew, and the wise man. I don't think you're going to really see too or much. We in terms see, or we could see Jay versus Roman 101 for the belt. I think that's going to happen eventually. That will. I think that was a crescendo from it all. If you think about it, this all started with Jay Uso and Roman Reigns. Yeah. The whole bloodline thing, everything, it all started with him, right? And I, I think this is that's where the bow is going to happen. You're going to get those two again. 
But unfortunately, Jay won't win the title. No, and he shouldn't either. So, no, no, he, he have, shouldn't. But ideally, a, ideally, if he wanted to make the story right, if he wanted to tell it properly the way it should have been told, that would be the story ending right there. Ideally, that in, yeah. in, a, in a real, like in, a, in an atypical wrestling world, right? Yes. But we're not getting that story ending because they want to chase Hogan now. Yeah. Um Fanny's at it. This is McMahon's after you, Hulk. <laughs> take yeah. your take your record out. Yeah, yeah. So Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans has awoken the fury of Sergeant Slaughter's daughter. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. Okay, so Lacey Evans, I guess last week on SmackDown, she came out in her G.I. Jane gear and you know, kind yeah, of yeah. she's pulling a lot of Slaughter's kind of comments and you know her moves and just her costume. It's the girl yeah. version of Sergeant Slaughter, right? And um people have been asking him, Are you involved with this? Are you doing anything? He goes, Hell, he says, Fuck no, I'm not involved in anything. They haven't called me, they haven't asked me anything. They're kind of kind of doing this on their own. I have no involvement whatsoever, right? And uh, here's what Sergeant Slaughter's daughter tweeted. No, this is not okay at WWE. Who the fuck does Lacey Evans think she is? There's only one at Sergeant Slaughter's daughter, and that's me. So I don't think you're going to get a match or anything, but she kind of feels vexed that she's taking her father's likeness and everything against, you know. But really, what can they do? But, but the thing I like to say to the daughter is, in pro wrestling, everybody bags, borrows, and steals a little bit, and adds, and, you know, adds their own little spice to it. That's pro wrestling. You don't gotta. No, no but uh, but pro- but at the same time, I I think she just feels that they're using a lot of the gimmicks they use for her dad and whatnot, and yeah. you know the way she's kind of selling it and the tweets that she's putting out there talking about Sergeant Slaughter. I'm talking about Lacey Evans, the mm-hmm. things that she's doing trying to, to promote the character. I got, I guess that's what caught her ire. Yeah, and you know, just kind of put her in a bad place that way. But um, I don't know. And what is Sergeant? Does he say anything about this? Well, he goes, I have nothing to do with it. They haven't asked me. They haven't, you know, consulted me. So, but, I mean, but, but, dude, here's the thing. They own the name Sergeant Slaughter. What can That's they what do? Mean. What can they do? Right? I mean, at the end of the day, if they wanted to be nice, if they wanted to do something, if they weren't being assholes like they are, they could said, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll cut you a little bit of a retribution check, you know, based on it, blah, blah, blah. This is what we're doing. Right? I mean, think about it. I just saw this other thing. The Great Kali just opened a restaurant. Okay. It's called the Great Kali Restaurant or Great Kali Buffet or something like that, right? So I'm thinking to myself, first thing I thought, I was like, well, wait a minute. WWE owns a trademark, the Great Kali. So are they getting a cut from it? Or did they work out a deal where they say, look, man, you can use the name. It's okay. You know, whatever. It must have worked out a deal, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't, don't see how they could take money from the guy for, for using the name. I'm not sure. He must have made a deal. Maybe he owns the name. You sure that he doesn't own the name? Well, I mean, pretty much. I, I I don't know. There's very, very few guys who own their names, bro. Well, some guys do. Like, no, no. Know. The handful of them. Handful. Kurt Angle was one guy. Oh, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was another guy. But these guys wrote those contracts a long time ago, right? Yeah, guys like Macho. No, no, no. But guys like Macho Man, Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, all those guys came from a different area where they were able to take their yeah. name wherever they went, right? Um, John Cena, his name is owned by the WWE. Yeah, I believe it. Even though it's his legal name and everything, but he's worked out deals where he can use his name and they don't take anything from him, right? And it's been like this. So. Exactly, right? So, I mean, Cena doesn't even own his name technically. His name <laughs> is owned by the WWE. Yeah. Uh, 
the uh, Stone Cold, I think, owns his name. Not sure. Yeah, no, I believe he does, right? I think Stone Cold is one of the few guys in the current... Like, if you look at it, when most guys leave, they leave and go under different names. Christian. Yeah. He's now Christian Cage. John Moxley. John Moxley. You know what I mean? Uh, who else? Uh, Jericho kept his name. He's got his name. Chris Jericho, again, came from that last generation where they used to meet at the pool. Yeah. So for the listeners who don't know what we're talking about when we say the pool, before WWE became monster and this multi, multi giant wheel, all production meetings were at the pool at Vince McMahon's house. The scripts were written by only two people, Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson. And anyone who wanted to come and meet them, any meetings that they had would come poolside and have a brownie. And then Vince Russo made it to the pool too for a couple of years there. But a couple of guys, but not many. No, 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 no. After Russo, that's when they started to blow up, yeah. and then they had the writing team, this and that. But right before the Attitude Era kicked in, everything was done poolside. Yeah. Right? So, you know, that, that's what that means. That's what that reference refers to. Um, mm-hmm. What else do we have here in the world of pro wrestling? Do you have anything? Oh, here's something I found interesting. You know, we're talking about Veermon and uh, the, you know, um, the, the, the uh, tag team that they got right now with, with yeah. um what do you call it, Indusur? So they are planning big things, not so much for his partner, but they really want to push Veer Mon pretty quickly here. Uh, they have a yeah. big mega show coming up in India in September. So they are gearing to get these guys up, if not the tag team as a whole, if not individually, but they are really focusing on Veer Mon. They really like the guy, uh, you know, and they really want to give him a push. So look out for that in the future. Yeah. Here, man. There's something there that we can potentially look forward to. And again, another example, you know, guys, we 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 forget that Raw is global. You know, we look at certain segments and go, well, that was a wasted segment. Yeah, maybe here in North America, but not worldwide. But not worldwide. That segment in India probably blew up when they saw those two guys come out and beat oh, the dude. shit out of them, right? They're gonna go crazy for Beer Mahan over there. I'm sure Jindal will be on the card too, and a bunch of guys like that. They're gonna go nuts over there. They're gonna go love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brandy Rhodes is teasing. Showing up at Raw after what happened last night with uh, Rhea Ripley and Dominic, um, I don't know. I, I I think it'd be fun to see Brandy show up. She's she's kind of a, she's fun. She's good. I like her. Yeah. She she she's good on the mic. She's good to talk. I mean, she was a former ring announcer, right? Yeah, yeah, she's good. So I could see a tag match happening: Dom and Rhea versus Cody and his wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what about what Jake the Rob- Jake the Snake Roberts said about Brad Hart and Shawn Michaels? You see that? No, tell me. Just basically saying he didn't see them as champions because of their size and called Brett boring. Not a very good interview, which is true. Brett's not very good in Mike, good worker. Said Sean's a better worker, but neither one of them are really champions in Jake's mind because of their size. Sean's a better worker, more entertaining. Brett could do some better moves technically, but uh, Brett's not a champ. He's boring, can't talk. So Jake said in his podcast, I mean, I don't disagree with the guy. I, I, I. Well, look, I would ask, I would ask Jake this. I'm not saying he's wrong. Okay. Mm -hmm. In terms of Brett being boring on the stick. Yeah, I can see that. I can appreciate that. Right. I get that. Um, But Brett's popularity, Sean's popularity, how many houses they sold out. How much did Jake make off of those two? Oh, no, you know, no, these guys are way better than Jake. No, 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 I, I get that. But for him to say that, I, I would, that's what I would ask him. Like, look, that's your opinion. There's nothing against you for that. Mm-hmm. But how much money did you make, you know, working shows with those two? Just saying. Yeah. Right? I mean, 
everyone's pockets get a little heavier if the house is full. And that's all usually dependent on two or three guys showing up on that card, right? Like when Absolutely. we went when we went when we went to that house show in Vancouver here in the summer, I guarantee you the fact that Roman Reigns was on the card, that place was sold out. Yeah, when the big stars are there, the people show right. up, right? I guess right. he's just talking about like that's just his opinion, I guess. He wasn't I, I agree with him. Breakfast not a very good talker. He's not even a top twenty. He, no. he did a couple of good promos here and there, but overall it's pretty pretty lackluster. No, I, I understand completely what you're saying. And I, I know I know promos have always been a big part of the game, but you gotta keep in mind the guy comes from the old school of promos, right? I mean, his promo is just as good as watching Saturday morning wrestling, you know, back. Yeah, but well, you could say Flair's older than him and rip him on, and Dusty Rose would rip him on a promo. Yeah, was- well, again, different levels, just different places, different kinds of styles, right? I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue and tell you that he's wrong. No, he's not wrong. I, I, I'll say it too. He doesn't cut the best promos. And when he had the opportunities to cut unbelievable promos, he he dropped the ball, in my opinion, right? Yeah, great worker. Great worker. I'm not taking nothing away from him, but yeah, even his Hall of Fame speech was kind of boring. You know, it's just kind of Fred. Fred Fred has always been that guy. And, you know, to be fair, I've talked to a few of the hearts and, you know, even when I talked to Bruce Hart and interviewed him, like, you know, as, as, as cool as it was, you can see they all have that same cadence. Mm -hmm. They all talk the Psalm the same way. They all, you know, carry their speech and diction the same way. It was just a different time that they came from, right? I mean, when you're taught by old school Stu, what are you going to do? Yeah, no, I hear you. I just thought Jake said he caught a lot of flack. No, you shouldn't take any flack. They're all opinions, and that's what we're here about. We're here for opinions. You think Kevin Owens is a slob. I think so-and-so is a dickhead, right? So, I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, it doesn't matter. We're, we're here to share our opinions and, and what we like and what we don't like and what we think we see and what we don't see. So absolutely, that's what that it's all about. That's what makes all of this fun, man. All right, Chance, I tell you what, I got uh, nothing. So do you have a top five or anything you want to throw away and we can send everyone? Well, yeah, well, since it's uh, since 41 years ago, Vince fought WWE, made it the greatest wrestling company of all time. Let's hear your top five things that your top five favorite things that Vince has done for wrestling in the last 41 years. Because this is Vince McMahon day. He created this. We wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for him. Okay, so the five best things that Vince McMahon ever did. Um, I would say creating WrestleMania. WrestleMania, definitely uh, starting the WWE Network because he was ahead of himself Brilliant. there before everyone else. Oh, yeah. No one had a streaming service. Now you look at every network, every station, every platform has its own streaming service. I don't yeah. care. Paramount Network, HBO, you name it. Peacock, all of them. Vince was the first one to start it. Uh, Vince, number so that's two, right? Yeah. Number three, Vince's foray into the pay-per-view market. If it wasn't for Vince McMahon, pay-per-views wouldn't be where they are today. True. And because of Vince McMahon starting the network, you see the decline of the pay-per-view model now. Yeah. Right? So... That's three. Number four, just being a pioneer, man. Yeah. You know, talking about the two, three things that I just talked about. Being a pioneer, being a visionary, being an architect, everything that Seth Rollins is, McMahon is. True. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so for that, and I guess number five, um, taking off the headsets of becoming an on-screen character. That was brilliant. One of the best heel characters of all time. Yeah. 
Take the Montreal screw job and ran with it. Yeah. it brilliant. What what McMahon did with this Montreal screw job, he handed WCW a fucking diamond ring free to do whatever you want with. And they fumbled that football so hard. Yeah. Wrestling, I wrestling would be different today, my friend. In my opinion, I believe if Bret Hart had showed up the next night on Nitro, opposed to six months later. But here, yeah, that's a good point. Here's the one thing I'll say about this Bret Hart stuff. Hogan went from WWE, WWF at the time, to WCW, became one of the greatest heels of all time. NWO, Hollywood Hogan, brilliant. Bret Hart comes hot. He blames Bischoff and everybody else, but he didn't capture that magic. Hogan did it. Other guys did, but he couldn't capture it. That's what I'm saying about Bret, because he doesn't have, he's not entertaining like Hogan. He doesn't okay. have the charisma. Right. Uh, you can blame Bishop all you want, but eventually you got to take the ball. No, no, no. Through. I agree with you completely, but I feel that he was so. Here's the one thing with Brett, and I love Brett to death. He's okay, bitter. he's bitter, and he is truly one of those guys. And I'm sure there's a lot of old school wrestlers who are very much like him, but not as prominent in the spotlight or the mainstream media as he is. They live the character still. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Like he he lives that now. That's his existence. We know people who live in their own little existence. And even yeah. though they're liars, they're pathetic liars, and they and then they they make shit up to to make everything work for them, sort of a deal. It gets yeah. to the point that these individuals start to believe their own nonsense that's coming out of their mouths. Yeah. Very similar to a lot of the old school wrestlers. They live the gimmick. Bret Hart is no different than Bret Hart in the ring. Bret Hart behind the camera with the mic than he is as a Bret Hart sitting down eating dinner with his wife. Yeah. He he is the gimmick. Now, if he had gotten over himself and said, fuck it, Sunday night, I'm flying down to Atlanta and I'm going to be on TV. That would have changed everything. And how many times has he has Goldberg had to apologize to the guy? He says, hey, I'm not apologizing anymore. I'm sorry. I kicked you too hard. I didn't mean to accident but he still wasn't about Goldberg. Goldberg's I'm not saying sorry to the guy no I'm done with yeah no I get dude, it dude. no no I get it I, and I understand where Brett's coming from it just it felt like it shit got cut short and I get it I get it right a hundred percent he's bitter and you know I'm sure Goldberg has apologized but if Brett had him. a better attitude he could be working at WWE backstage McMahon could give him a job at NXT or like a, a talent guy he could be doing something if he just had a little bit better of an attitude oh, no 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 he would have had any job he wants he still can yeah. if he wants to he chooses something. not to I don't right? think Vince and Triple H trust him. Though. But I, I don't think his demeanor would fit the current attitude that they're trying to portray. I think if he were to come back and work for them in any capacity, it would be at NXT, but as a trainer. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right? right? Like, he, not one of those guys that you ever hear about or talk about. Like, oh, shit, Brett's here now. Mm. But because it's, his name is so big, you can't bring him in without really promoting it. Yeah. Right, I like Brett. I met the guy. A picture, like he's a great guy to his fans. He's a good guy. Yeah, no, I I met him um in 2017 at the U2 concert. I met him in 2005. He came to Abbotsford Agra. He's a nice. nice guy. No, he's totally nice. Super sweet. He stopped. He he was willing to take a picture with me. I shared the mm-hmm. story of how he and Bad News Allen were the guys on TV that made me the mark I am today for wrestling. So yeah, I can't complain, man. Can't complain at all. But Chance, I tell you what, man, this has been really tight, really crisp, really clean. I like it. I'm happy. 
Uh, why, why don't we wrap this up here? And uh, you know what? Let's gear up for Thursday. We got a big fight coming up. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Tia Fimo against um, the Scottish Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor. That's who, do gonna... want, who, who do you want to win? Not who's going to win. Just tell me who you want to win. Who are you cheering for? It's a tough one, bro. I like them both a lot. I got to say, I'm, I don't like some of Tia Fimo's antics. Uh, he's, they kind of run me the wrong way. But when I met him in Vegas... It was a great guy. He made some small talk. So I'm going to cheer for him just because he treated me so well. I, so I'm going for TFM just and, because. And, and I'm the same place because, like I said, you had your conversation 10 minutes later. I had a yeah. nice 10 minute conversation with the man. You know, he's very different from who he used to be. Um, again, I, I, I get it. It's character work, right? You're trying to build your yeah, name, you're trying to build your brand. Um, what I really like about this fight, I don't want to say too much, but both guys are coming off victories that are very shady. It's going to be fun, dude. Fun. It's going to be a very, very fun match. We'll break it all down. Guys, oh. enjoy the rest of this week. It's going to be really hot, hot here on the West Coast. I hope the weather's great wherever you're listening to us from. Uh, on that note, I'm Bobby Sampson. He's Chad Michaels. And in the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, and subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you. And in the words of the infamous Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Sap and Chance. Everybody have a great night. We will talk to you on Thursday. Bye-bye.